This episode is sponsored by Scofton, which is a great place to get great grub on this great worker placement game which is on Kickstarter right now until the middle of November. And now, on with the show. another episode of we're no wizards my name's richard i'll be your host for november um because it's it's you know it's like christmas is on its way it's the beginning of november it means it gets dark the clocks are changing left right and center and i thought it was time to get a bit of fun back into the show to kind of warm the cockles of your heart to make you excited for the winter months ahead. Um, so I'm trying my best because joining me again is Daniel Newman. Yay! So. Hello! <laughs> yeah, you're going to start with a Scottish accent stuff yeah, I thought already. Might, yeah. Are you? <laughs> Go on then. I can't keep it up though. <laughs> That's all I had. That was it. Is that it? Is that it? That was it. That's all we that, had. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Eh? All right. Eh? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Just going to take the piss. That's not Scottish. That's something else. That's like London. I know. Do you know what that's I mean? I've I'm, I'm just what I'm got saying. down the side. That's all I, all I had was the hello. <laughs> all we did all we did that was a hello. Hello and we'll... <laughs> Hello, what kind of impressions? Do you do impressions? I bet you do. I bet you're in a to. party. I used to. I used to be pretty good. I used to have a good Christopher Walken back in the day, but it's gotten. Rusty. Can you do Christopher Walken now? You have to. You can't. Not on. Not on demand. In. I can't now. Yes, you can. Don't be dropping no, in where I can no. do Christopher Walken said, and then I completely I, deny the I ability for you to have, be. I said I used to have a good Christopher Walken, but it's it's well, gotten rusty. Well, now's the perfect time. I mean, let's face it, nobody listens to the show. So it's... <laughs> it's <not laughs> you mean, you, you make know. a fair point, but... You know, I don't I do want to embarrass fair... myself on uh, this this brilliant audio podcast program with <laughs> I, a subpar I, I think... Christopher Walken impression. Well, there's nothing... Not, I, you know, I don't know. How do you even do a Christopher Walken? Because got, he's got to do very clip, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I haven't, I haven't. I have to listen. If I listen to him for a bit, I could probably do it. But it's been a while since I've actually heard it, so it would be pretty bad. I need to know who else you can do. You cannot just jump in with. I used to do impressions and stuff like that. So who else did you used to do? No, it was nothing. Nothing regular. I just. I was. I'm a pretty good mimic of accents if I'm around them long enough, and yeah. I just. I start talking like whoever I'm around, um, and it's just like a lot of it's just subconscious. Like I just don't. I don't even realize I'm doing it sometimes. Oh, then that's fine then. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, what we'll do is we'll test you as we go. Okay. And probably by the end of the show, I'll be sending like you, and you'll be sending like me, and everybody. It'll be like the end of. They'll be so confused. Yeah. It'll be like the end of Animal Farm, where yep. they couldn't tell the pigs and the men apart. Um. So I'm not Four, even saying you're a pig. <laughs> Four legs good, two legs bad. 
right? Isn't that the... <laughs> that's pretty much the long and the short of it. That's, that's um, all I remember. <laughs> um, I think the first question and the most important question directly in relation to tabletop stuff is what's the last jigsaw puzzle that you've done? Um, and are you on the hunt for any more jigsaw puzzles at the moment, Daniel? You know what? I haven't actually done any jigsaw puzzles since the the Golden Girls one. That just kind of like, how do you how do you follow that up, right? Like, once you've done I a Golden Girls jigsaw puzzle, it's all just downhill from there. I don't know. I don't know if I freaked you at the time by completely guessing. It was amazing. <laughs> completely randomly. I don't, I don't have any opportunities like that for this for this episode, unfortunately. I I don't know. I don't think yeah. I don't think you could go into any other kind of mediocre podcast expecting them to psychically guess. It was almost like we should have played this. So it was like America's Got Talent because we would have got the golden buzzer or whatever they had. They would have got it's straight true. through. It was it was you know. very impressive. Uh, not yeah. at all staged. Uh, it was not staged. It, it, that's what I'm it saying. Was, it wasn't. It, it was wasn't. completely off the cuff, yeah. and it'll never happen again. You'll never see or hear. No anything that remarkable in your life it's kind of peaked and then it's all you're going to be remembering that moment and looking back at that moment <laughs> into your your old age do you think i should just stop the show now then and just i mean maybe that's it. I'm a, I, I think every you know. episode you've done since that one has been yeah you know what even the one with aaron he's not going to be very pleased oh, is he? especially aaron yeah i know that was well, really i mean bottom of the barrel scraping there with aaron wilson but i, I kind of to be honest, after I finished it, I'm usually kind of, I'm usually quite kind of jumpy and yeah, here we go, we've got that one, can't wait to edit it. And I must admit, I did kind of sob a little bit at the end. You yeah, know, when you're he like, went well, away. I was kind of, yeah. It wasn't, it was it's nothing, thing. nothing is going to compare to the, the Golden Girls moment that we shared. Nothing share. is ever, no, 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 no. So. Um, Dead Man's Cabal. Yes, sir. He's trying to swivel this back like board games of his life. It's like, pull up, pull up, you're crashing. Um, <laughs> Dead Man's Cabal is out there in the wild. It is. There are people kind of playing it and there are people kind of talking about it and stuff like that. How does that feel, first of all, that people are actually playing your game on their table just now? It's. I mean, it's a bit nuts, right? Especially when it's people I don't know posting mm-hmm. photos and i'm like oh wait it's not just people who like me or mm-hmm. pretend to like me in person mm-hmm. <laughs> playing my game it's like these random people that i've never met like people in other countries have bought it and and tweet about it like it's bananas i there was one person on twitter actually who when somebody asked a generic like who's your favorite designer currently they said me and i was like something's wow. obviously wrong here you need to play more games <laughs> like that <laughs> what, what are you talking about so it's it's uh no, it's bizarre. It's weird. It's like, it must be a little bit of a freaking out moment because, like, you know, you people see your favourite designers and they kind of realm off, they kind of talk about the kind of the usual ones. Yeah. And then they turn around and you're dead, somebody's talking about you and you're like, kind of, does is that when, even though you've brought, <laughs> you've brought a game to a publisher, successfully pitched it, they took it to Kickstarter, it got successfully funded, it's in people's houses, are you still getting the kind of little bit of imposter syndrome now and oh, again absolutely. and going... Is this me or is this, you know, kind of nope. thing like that? You know, clearly ooh, they're ooh. not. Clearly they're, they're, there's something wrong. There's a mistake. Are they? Maybe they're not. Maybe they put a different game in there. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's maybe. weird. It, it never quite. I mean, you know, and I went, I went to art school, and my definition of what good art was was uh, mm-hmm. something that I didn't make. Right? If I made it, then it's not any good. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so there's no way. Like nothing I do can ever be 
up to snuff, right? So no, that's still even though I've I see people talking about it, it's still like, oh well, they're just being nice. <laughs> they can't be. They they can't actually be liking enjoying that. So you know, I never. You, I'll never accept it. You're not floating above like the BGG forums and and checking the ratings and stuff like that and kind of going, oh well, I deserve all these ones because everybody no. kind of gets ones. Do you kind of? No, I mean, you- every once in a while I'll look and like I'll see what people are complaining. Like if there are low ratings, or whatever, I'll look and see why. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Like mm. people don't like that in games sometimes, and I can see how that experience may not be great for you. But I and I don't take it too personally. Like when I, you know, even when I signed it, I was like, this game isn't going to be for everybody. Like I, I know that not everybody's gonna love it, so I kind of set those expectations kind of low to begin with. But uh, I don't really. I mean, you know, I I stay on the forums mostly just to to answer rules questions as they pop up. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I like to be responsive to that kind of stuff. But yeah. Um, no, I don't really. I don't troll the the ratings. Really, I don't really care. What about um, in terms of things like expansions? I mean, is a game that can support expansions have you been toying with expansions and things like that i'm not personally an expansions guy for board games like it's really rare mm. for me to to pick up an expansion and play it because i play things so infrequently um that like i i don't play a game often enough to feel like i need to expand it you know what i mean yeah um so it's not something i've thought about necessarily for dead man's if they approach me about it and they wanted to do one i, I you know maybe i'd think about it um, but it's not, it's not really the forefront of my mind. I'd rather work on other projects, right? Like other ideas that I have rather than go back to the one, the one that I already feel like is, is done. But, so, yeah. I mean, there's, there's bigger stuff kind of going on. I mean, you've got, you know, Dead Man's Cabal headed into Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Yeah. It's currently in about 60 locations around the country, which is wild. I actually went and saw it in, <laughs> I was uh, going to ask. The New York City Union Square Barnes and Noble on the shelf. Wow! Uh, somebody had tucked it behind something else, so I made sure to pull it out. You know, <laughs> square Did it up t- on the shelf. I was like, "What is this? <laughs> this isn't okay." So I, so I took some pictures, and uh, I've had people sending me photos of of dead man's in stores, and a bunch of them, a bunch of Barnes and Noble photos came in, and almost all of them are at like the bottom corner <laughs> of a shelf. Like really? it's really the same positioning. It's really funny. So. Uh, I don't know, I don't know if we'll that, is that not. I don't know if that's like an agreement or something that they have that they say, okay, this game's coming in, so you put it down. You kind of put it here. You can put it kind of there or yeah, whatever. I, I don't, don't know how these kind of things work. I don't know. I mean, I think I would be more upset if it wasn't kind of such an eye-catching cover. Like it really does yeah. draw your eye because it's a stark, you know, black skull on a white background. Um. So, but yeah, that's the main thing, I mean, though, because yeah, every other game box I see is kind of like dark. Yeah, dull browns and greens and stuff like that. With kind yeah. of like a little, but there's an occasional color one, but or just yeah, a, a lot of color that just kind of is overwhelming, right? Like it's yeah. I, I think color is often a little overused um, in board <laughs> games, but I'm a Euro guy, right? I, I want everything to be beige oh, and yeah. brown and gold. So sparse and yellows. Color. Yeah, yeah. So your player pieces stand out better. Yeah. Anyway, that's black, me. white, oh. baby blue. No, uh, I could do a baby blue. In, yeah. in small doses, <laughs> not too much color. Let's be let's be real here. We don't go crazy. Where are you then in the design kind of side of things? Are you are you still constantly kind of working at stuff now? Are you are you kind of are you kind of like saying, well, is 
is the relationship with you and Pandasaurus Games, are you just letting them kind of take care of business uh, so allow you to concentrate on stuff? Or are you still very conscious of saying, this is my baby, I've kind of still got to kind of look after it and make sure that it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the word is kind of getting out there kind of thing. No, they don't They don't really need me at this point, right? Like, they know what they're mm-hmm. doing. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I figured, you know, I, I signed it over, I was involved yeah. with some of the early development, and at one point, I just kind of stepped back and let John Gilmore do his thing. He was yeah. the developer on it. And I was like, you guys know what you're doing. You've got a playtest network. Like, I'm just going to be in the way if I'm constantly kind of checking in. So, let me know if you need anything from me or, you know, where, when it's going to be out. And uh, it's it's their it's their product now. You know, like, I've done my job. Yeah. Um, so, I'm just kind of, you know, that I, there is something in my contract that if they decide they want to do an expansion, I get, like, first right of refusal. But other than that. Uh, it's, it's their, it's their deal. Um, and I, you know, I've got a couple other projects I'm working on now, um, uh-huh. that I'm getting ready to pitch. Uh, so I'm still working on kind of the late stages of development on, and then, um, I do have something that might be hitting Kickstarter early next year, which is exciting. Oh, it right. hasn't been announced okay. yet. Hopefully getting announced, uh, end of this month. Um, so I can't talk too much about it, but. Is that with and, the same company again or is that a different company? No, it's a different company. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Pandasaurus does have something else of mine signed, uh, but that probably is going to be about a year and a half. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of farther in their pipeline. I signed it last year. Um, And then I've got a couple of things that I've shown them or I'm showing them that I'm waiting to hear back on. Um, But yeah, you know, always always some irons in the fire. I have a project that I'm uh, I'm actually talking to Aaron Wilson about um, maybe working on with me um to do the kickstarter for like i'm a small kickstarter and he would uh-huh. he would be doing a lot of the i would have him do like the graphic design and and uh help with the kickstarter the running of the kickstarter um but it's one of my one of my designs kind of a weird one that i've shopped around a lot that i uh-huh. haven't been able to find someone super interested in it uh, uh most people i've shown it to are like i love this idea i don't know if it's right for our brand so it's a kind of a weird game that i think would have a market it's just it's an odd one and, and maybe a little risky for uh, a lot of publishers. It doesn't quite fit into to what a lot of people are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how's um how is that how's Aaron doing? I mean, is he is he still on kind of cloud nine at the moment after think, kind of after honestly, funding? I, I just sent him a DM a, a, like twenty minutes ago, and uh-huh. uh, I think he's just super busy at work. All right, and okay. hasn't had a lot of time for for other stuff. So. I haven't really spoken to him. We're hanging out tomorrow uh, to do some playtesting, which is which is going to be good. I haven't seen Aaron in a bit. Yeah, because you were at um, you were at a con quite recently. Well, I kind of kind of like a designer's kind of getaway. Um, she was just like so, you said. Yeah, CuseCon, CuseCon, yeah. um, in Syracuse, New York. Uh, it was the first time they had run it. It's it. I think their intention was was kind of like a mini, you know, BGG con, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it was focused on just getting together and playing games. Um, it was about, well, it should have been a four and a half hour drive for me. Uh, I made the mistake of leaving during rush hour, uh, in New York city. So it took me about seven hours, uh, to drive up, but I got back pretty quick. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know a bunch of folks in that area. Uh, so I wound up, they had me up as a, um, a special guest, which was exciting. Um, wow. But I, I wound up kind of hanging out with the other, the other designers that were there. 
uh, as special guests, and we just we did a lot of playtesting and and played you know a couple other things. But um, yeah, it was a cool little event. I don't. It would be. I don't know that I would necessarily go up again just because it's a long drive and it's not. Yeah. You know, folks I know. Um, it was. It felt very similar in structure to uh, Granite Game Summit in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Kim- that Kimberly Revia uh, helps run. Um, who's a pretty good friend of mine. Um, but that one, I I know a lot of folks in that in that area, like the New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island area. So. It make it's about the same drive for me, but I wind up seeing a lot more people I know, um, and that's when I it's one of my favorite. It's it, that really does feel like a little mini board game geek con. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't know that I'll do QsCon again, but uh, I wish them luck. I, th- I think it's cool if they if they uh, have the community to support it up there. I think it'd, it'd do really well. Are you um, are you going to other events then? Kind of like the rest of the year. Are you are you now? going to like say i've got to go to gen con now i've got to go to pax and things you know pax west pax east and things like that as you get more and more well known do you feel there's a pressure for you to kind of turn up at kind of different events to continue to build your brand as a designer kind of going Uh, forward i don't think there's a a real sense of obligation to do so i mean i i enjoy going to cons um Mm -hmm. like you know i usually i hit granite game summit i hit origins most yeah. years, um, BGG Con, but more just to hang out with folks and and you know pal around with other designers and and friends I've made. Um, so yeah, so like I've got uh, Metatopia is coming up uh, in a a week from I guess a week from tomorrow. Yeah, uh, and that's a it's a, a kind of game design convention. Um, I'm only going for a day because it's it's just like an hour and a half drive or whatever. So I was going to go for the day and hang out. I'm not actually showing anything there. Um, it just didn't make sense financially for me to do so. Um, and I couldn't give the whole weekend because uh, there's other stuff going on. Um, but so I'm going to go do that. I'm going to hang out and just, just kind of see folks and, you know, help play test some games. And then uh, Board Game Geek Con at the end of the month. And then um, PAX Unplugged, I think a couple weeks after BGG. I'm just, mm-hmm. that's another one. I'm just going to go up for a day because it's Philadelphia is like a two hour drive. So I can just easily yeah. just go do that for the day. Uh, I think the, the parking, if I get there early, the parking is uh, cheaper than the admission. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I did that, that last year. You get the early bird parking like across the street. It's not bad. Oh, that's pretty um, cool. So it's a good day trip, but um, I don't want to pay for the hotel for multiple days when it's so close. Like it's weird. It just doesn't, I don't know. Um, plus it's so close after BGG that that's a lot of time to be away. I mean, I mean, using the stereotypical thing here, you are speaking to a Scottish person. So you saying, I'm just going to drive up and down and save money on a hotel. I'm just like, yep, that makes absolutely perfect sense to me. I would (laughs) do exactly the same thing. I'd be judging it. Can I drive up and down? And is a three hour journey. I mean, it's three, three hours is maybe too much, two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, so is potentially Phil- potentially doable kind of thing. Philadelphia is about a two-hour drive, so for a day trip, that's fine. I wouldn't want to do it yeah. over successive days, right? It's a lot of driving back and forth yeah. for like multiple days, but for one day, that's that's totally reasonable. Yeah, um, and it's a nice day trip, and you can kind yeah. of stop. You can kind of make a stop and sure get yourself a coffee or get yourself a one of those horrific breakfasts where you wonder if that's actually real eggs or if it's kind of been. <laughs> 
manufactured yeah, my, my out of plastic or something like that. I will likely get, I'll stop at McDonald's on the way up and get a sausage biscuit and hash browns and a Coke. It's like I do that two or three times a year and no more because it would kill me. But uh, that's that's my poison, my breakfast poison of choice. They're fantastic. I We don't oh. get... Biscuits a completely different thing over here, right? There's um, it's more like there's a, a pod- more like a savory scone, I guess, right? Ooh, what yeah, would you call kinda. What do you call American American biscuits? Do you have an equivalent in Scotland? Crumpets, I maybe. Think, mm, I don't know. Crumpets maybe. are more like English muffins here, I think. Let's kind of get this straight, okay? Yeah. If uh if I'm talking about a McDonald's breakfast, I'm talking about a muffin. Which okay. is essentially kind of like a scone, except it's kind of cut in half. It's yeah. kind of like, it's almost like a small, what you would call like a breaded roll kind of thing. But it's okay. flat and it's almost like a wheel shape and it's cut in half. So that's what yeah, I would so call like an egg McMuffin, yeah? We call those, yeah, we call those English muffins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what we call them as well. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. You yeah. know, except we spit it when we say the word English, you know. Right, right, um, right. <laughs> and what do you, so what is a crumpet then? Because I thought a crumpet was similar to a, an, no, an English, a what crumpet, we call an English muffin. A crumpet is slightly differently. In fact, it's made it's made differently in the structure. I believe it might be slightly boiled before it's made. And the way the difference oh. with a crumpet is, a crumpet is kind of like if you can imagine like a pancake, a thick pancake, maybe about an inch high, with about maybe three or four inches across, and. One side is kind of like the color of a of a cooked pancake, but the other one is like a very very light kind of color, and it's kind of got like holes in it, like if it hmm. was like Swiss cheese. And the entire structure of that is so it's like a very very kind of holy kind of bread. It's quite salty, almost. There's not a bitterness to it, but you kind of you'll know it when you kind of taste it. It's kind of it is almost like a very very similar taste to. A Gone or a muffin, except the texture of it, it's almost quite rubbery in its texture. And the difference is, is when you put butter, melted butter on a muffin, obviously the butter will just stay on there. Whereas in a crumpet, what you can do with a crumpet is you can melt butter over the top of it and it can go down, fall down the holes and congeal in the holes. And it'll give you the impression there isn't any butter in the crumpet. The danger with that is, if you can go and put lots of butter on a crumpet, but when you go and take a bite into it, it'll essentially yeah, explode. <laughs> it'll essentially explode down your chest, and you'll end up covered in grease. And so, a crumpet is probably not a food stuff that you would have on any type of dating scenario, because no doubt what will happen <laughs> right, right. is that you'll Just have a crumpet, with, yeah. crumpet butter, bit of jam on top. You go to take a bite. It'll explode. You'll end up with some kind of <laughs> melted hot fat. And that's not a rescuable situation. You cannot then excuse yourself and go to the bathroom and try and rub that stuff off because obviously you'll end, end up, look, you'll end up with huge, massive circles of wetness all over your top. And then that's it. Date's over. Yeah, that's over. Okay. Well, that sounds really so, good. Not, not the date. I would, I would eat a crumpet. That sounds delicious. <laughs> no, I mean you have to get hold. Of it. I don't know how you could get hold of them. I, yeah, don't, I don't know. know. Maybe like part of some like some kind of maybe we could do a, like a crumpet trade deal. You know, we could do it. We could do an exchange. There we you go. Know. Yeah, I could bring you, get, you some American biscuits. And uh, well, I'm annoying. I'm annoying because I've got a gluten intolerance. So, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. for you then. Biscuits without gluten are just not. They're not worth it. 
It depends because to me a biscuit is like a cookie. So this is when the not I'm saying the American stuff kind of goes kind of crazy here because so you guys don't have anything like a drop biscuit or anything like that in in England. Where it's just like a a little ball of dough, very kind of floury, not flowers, not really. but like no, just not really, not really. I mean, you have dumplings. Yeah, you it's call different. Them. Yeah, See, it's it's different. Well, it depends because dumplings ah, okay, would just so- be a bowl. Right. I just looked up what are biscuits called in England, and yeah. they said they're close to what the British would call scones, but American scones are different. <laughs> so, what you call There's a scone, a, like a yeah. would, like a savory scone, would be what, what we call a biscuit, I guess. Yeah, and then you go into the whole biscuits and gravy thing, right? Which is if you look up at what great if you look, and I've heard this, and the reason I'm bringing this up is this was brought up on the sporadically bored podcast with okay. where um, Mike Delisio. Um, who is one of you, and Dan Hughes, who is one of us, and uh-huh. we're talking about biscuits and gravy. And gravy in America seems to be some kind of sludge that I would probably use to kind of cover up the holes in walls in some mm-hmm. kind of smoothing over kind of because it seems to be some kind of grey porridgey type thing with like. In most cases, so gravy can mean a, a number of different things, right? Yeah. So with biscuits and gravy, it's a very mm. strange thick white uh, or kind of gray uh, almost a paste with like chunks of sausage sometimes Uh, and it's a bit snotty but sometimes if it's done well it's really really good with some good biscuits Um, but then you have gravy that you would put on like mashed potatoes which is made from like a beef stock or you know something like that which though that kind of gravy I actually don't like I was always I'm always like no gravy for me thanks or How turkey gravy like- sometimes. I just I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of condiments in general. Uh, this is taking us down a whole different why. Yeah, you can't say that. It's like saying you don't like soup. It's like you're counting out a whole range I don't, of. I don't like soup. How can you not like soup? It's like there's so many different. I just don't. Hot liquid is not. I don't tend to like hot liquid. I guess it's really that's why I don't like gravy too. I don't drink coffee. Coffee. Nope. You don't drink. What do you do when you're cold then? Uh, I put on a sweatshirt and warm socks. What what happens if you're hungover? I don't drink. Of course, but the the drinks are cold. (laughs) My word, this is like opening up into a hole. Right, okay. So, right. So condiments (laughs) is not a thing. How can you... I like barbecue sauce. I like some some barbecue sauce. I like a... Well, barbecue... Paul Newman's barbecue sauce is the best in the world. You know, it's one uh, of my favorites, but... Sweet Baby Ray's. If we're talking about store-bought barbecue I've, sauces, I've that's the best. believe I've tried that quite recently because yeah. they had they had it over on special, and I I am a big sucker for any kind of sweet sticky barbecue sauce because oh, yeah. I like to put it on ribs. Sweet baby raises great. There's a smokiness to it. There's a little spiciness, mm-hmm. little little peppery, and it's sweet. Yeah. That's really good. Um, that's really it. That's not the only condiment I'll go for. But no salt, pepper, mayonnaise. No, no little salt, little pepper sometimes. But yeah, uh, I mean, I didn't realize I didn't realize we were going to be dissecting your kind of like your <laughs> your food habits, but no, no food, and no hot liquids. Yep. It's taken a it's taken a strange turn. But yeah, my son is even more picky. My son is even more picky than I am. If you can really comprehend that, I can't no, imagine it. I I just I I kind of live with it. I get kind of like you know, it's like my my son likes like two. He likes food from two food groups. One of them is like chicken nuggets. Uh-huh. And fries, and the oh, other my one son is won't my eat fries. 
macaroni and cheese. <laughs> yeah, mac and cheese is good. My, yeah, my son won't eat won't eat potatoes like potatoes. I don't know what's wrong with him. That, but, but, we should probably but, see a doctor about it. I, I maybe he knows something that you know everybody else doesn't. Maybe he knows something that's <sighs> in the ground, and therefore we shouldn't be eating potatoes kind of like in in the first place at all. No, I don't. You know, I don't know. I don't um, know. I am building this entire thing up just to find out about how the dog's doing. You know that. That was, <laughs> I was speaking was, to Aaron and Aaron it's was It's a weird saying, way to get to the dogs is to talk about what I like to eat. But Well, it's not. It's I mean, getting away from things that you don't like to eat oh, I see. to getting onto stuff that you do like. So it's kind of like going in a kind of like a roundabout way gotcha. to then talk about. Backing into the dogs. Uh, dogs are good. Dog. Yeah. Dogs are good. Cosmo had eye surgery, uh, which wow. he recovered from pretty quick. He had a cherry eye. Which, uh, I mean, I won't go into details, but they basically have to, no, I'm not even going to say it. It's gross. They had to fix it. <laughs> uh, and he's fine now. But, uh, yeah, no, he's good. Did he have to wear the cone of shame? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for a couple did, of weeks. Did he like the cone of shame or did he not like the cone Nobody of shame? Nobody likes the cone of shame. <laughs> <laughs> he dealt with it better this time around, though, because this is the second time. He's, he had eye surgery in the other eye. Uh, well, a few months ago, so he's had both of the his same eyes. reason. Blood yeah, same, different, different eye, but the same. Yeah, the same. He had cherry eyes. So what happened? I go ahead and tell you. The um, yeah, you know dogs have dogs have like an inner eyelid, right? Yeah. Uh, and with certain breeds of dogs, and he's he's part bulldog, and they're really prone to it. Uh, the, it's almost like a like a hernia in their eyelid, where it just kind of like just pokes out and yeah. just sits outside of of like where it's supposed to be. Uh-huh. And it won't it won't go back on its own, so they have to make an incision and tuck it back in and sew it back in. Um, so that sounds yeah, expensive. Was, it was not inexpensive, yeah. And we had to do it twice now. He's been the wow. most expensive dog we've ever had, and we've only had him like six months. So, uh, yeah. But but he is a he is adorable though. He is adorable. People coo on the street when I'm walking him down the street. <laughs> At least Even twice every time I walk him. Even, even with, the with cone. his lunch, yeah. even with the cone, of course, extra even with, with the cone. cone. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, good. I'm glad because I was kind of like I don't know how to bring it up in conversation because I, you know, I like you know I'm a I'm a big dog fan. I don't have dogs because um, of allergies in the other parts of the family, which means I'm not allowed to get a dog, which is a shame because um, I would love just to have a big stupid black oh, yeah. lab and he just had to be big and stupid and a black lab and he would just sit there and I've already cleared it with my boss at work that I could actually take the dog into work oh hey that but would be not, unacceptable you can't have it at your house you might have to leave it at work it sounds like I would probably just move into work yeah <laughs> to be perfectly honest that's what I would kind I'm of do I'm bringing the dog and a couch and I'm going I'm to be sleeping the dog, on the couch I'm bringing my pyjamas and this yep. is yes this is my toothbrush and yep. that big stack of cardboard behind you that is my entire board game collection because I thought yep. you know I might as well bring my entire sources of happiness um, of with course me. Um, you know which, because that's important you know all these kind of wonderful things boxes but, strings um, but then if, you're, if your work has a nice conference room that's great you can have game nights there you could it's perfect you could big I board room table as well had- yeah, yeah, I've had a couple of friends who've done that, who, like, after hours at work, they just have people over and play games on the conference table. It's pretty great. Well, let's face it, nine times out of ten, the conference table is used for people to have, like, half-hour meetings mm-hmm. where everybody everybody kind of, like, has big discussions about what they're potentially might be doing 
until they go to the next meeting and, and, and then they have to answer the question as to why they haven't done the stuff in the previous meeting. So a lot of the time these big, huge board tables, they just don't get utilised. And I'm just yeah. thinking, look, I could totally have like three separate games running on there at all times and people could and just, just nip leave in them, and yeah. could just catch up. Yeah, just exactly. Just leave them up in between. It's like, oh, I don't mind that half the table. It's fine. It's just Gloomhaven. It's going to be there for about six months. Uh, exactly. You know, feel free it's, to jump in. Or it's a team building exercise. Around. Yeah, there you go. You know, exactly. And we can bring in the new staff and they can lean a, learn about teamwork and um, also what legacy components in a game do. That's got nothing to do with what you're doing in your day-to-day job, but it is kind of like an important lesson to have. Um I have one. Co- I mean, moving from obviously um, animal welfare, food, and the next topic. This is like <laughs> trivial pursuit. Um, yeah, but the next. I don't. Next I don't want to do a sports question. No sports questions. That's fine. I'm moving into music. Oh, okay, maybe. Okay, we'll um, see. Go ahead. We'll, we'll see. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like fifty-fifty okay. on the music questions, but yeah. Well, I'm just wondering um, if maybe you had an idea for a kind of board game parody song based around the little mermaid um, <laughs> and is that is that is that the reason why you're a little mad uh, um Paula Deming I'm just no no not can at I, all can I, Paula can I, <laughs> no can that, I it's it? I was mad because that I you know I grew up watching Disney Movie. I have a little sister who would watch The Little Mermaid on repeat, like, all weekend long. And so, then like, when I know your little this. sister wasn't there, you'd be watching it anyway, because you knew I the mean, tunes anyway. Yeah, probably. It's a good, but, like, look, it's a good film. It is, okay, no, be- for, yes, absolutely. From that era be- of Disney movies, I think it's one yeah. of the best. Beauty uh, and Beast is an excellent movie, you know, it's a really, really good film. I think I, I like Little Mermaid kind of more. But, no, that it's just, it's super catchy. Wow. And it just sticks in my head. And like, because I already know the songs, it's been on repeat since I watched her video post. And I just, it can't, it won't get out of my head. And it's driving me slowly insane. Uh, so that's, that's the only reason I'm mad at Paula. I think she's brilliant. Uh, and I always love when she, uh, she posts new stuff. I've so been you, watching you're... her. Um, she's been, she's been running, uh, she's been playing Mass Effect 3 on, on Twitch, doing like a All live right. stream thing. And I've been, I've been tuning in for that and joining in the chat. Yeah. It's been good fun. I haven't done that. I've, I I must admit, I kind of like, as someone who has done kind of musicals and stuff in the past, um, and I've toyed about with lyrics and stuff like that um, quite recently, actually. Um, yes, to see someone like that with so much talent actually committing something to film, I was kind of like, this is so good! Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big I, musical guy, generally, but I, no, I, I appreciate what she did. That was so I was, but I, yeah, I, I kind of like looking at it, and I'm just wondering if maybe that you had kind of ripped out the guitar the little six oh, string no. and you were strumming no, away no, 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 no. and then you were you know you were saying i can do a whole new world from aladdin um, <laughs> and do something else and then you know paula rocks up with this and you're just like that well damn there goes all my ideas for the next kind of the next kind of packs unplugged where people say no. okay who's got an idea next and you're like this well you spring out the guitar and you start kind of playing away and everybody goes wow and the next thing you know, that's what you're doing. And Paula has come along and just stolen your thunder. I understand. No, not at all. I mean, it happens all not the time. Not at all. That's that was not the source of my my irritation. <laughs> Strictly the earworm business. Strictly uh, the earworm business. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, but how do you follow it up? I'm just wondering. I just want to see a whole suite of Disney songs based around board games. Now that's all I want. 
I mean, I'm good with the one. I think the one was... She, no. she did a good job. I don't need to see any more board game songs. It's fine. I'm quite happy because, as I say, I'm kind of Disney, Disney's like kind of like my my kind of like my full jam kind of thing. You know, yeah. it's all it's all it's all very 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 good. Um, are you had time to play stuff then? I mean, is now with you being away at kind of like events and cons and kind of designing stuff, are you still managing to get stuff kind of at the table with like play testing nights and things like that? Um, I mean, I do. You know, I have a, a group that I play test with twice a week. Uh, uh-huh. So playtesting is never really an issue. We have a we have a pretty good sized crowd now, um, mm. upwards of like ten or twelve people on a Tuesday night, which is kind of wow. kind of bananas. But um, and then uh, so yeah, Tuesday night we meet from like six to eleven at all at all well, both places. It's a Whole Foods, um, you know, Whole Foods. It's like a grocery big grocery store yeah. chain, and, and they yeah, have like yeah. a you can buy food to eat there, and then they have this whole big sitting area upstairs. So we we just take over a couple of tables upstairs. And play test our games. Um, so Tuesday nights and then Saturday uh, all day from like eleven to six. Uh, wow! So pl- play testing has long. been. Yeah, long it's, I mean that's that's me working. That's my work right now. I'm not doing anything else really. So, uh, and you know, it's more time spent playing other people's games and trying to help them make their games better uh, than playing. Usually, it's like a three to one ratio, right? Like I get my game played, but I play three other people's. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the fair way to do it. So. Are people yeah, like, kind of looking to you for more kind of inspiration and stuff like that since you've had the the kind of Dead Man's Cabal being published and stuff? Or are they um, just like, well, we know who you are anyway, so, you know, they don't treat you kind of any differently? But more more the latter, for sure. Yeah. These are these are folks I've been playtesting with before anything was published. Like, it's it's been a group I've been with for four years now, so uh-huh. um, most of them know me. And we've known each other for a while. You know, we get new people in, but they don't know who I am. It doesn't, it's fine. <laughs> and, <laughs> um <laughs> You know, like, I take the past the norm, like the local Barnes and Noble and go, oh look at that sh- that that striking game in yeah, the right. bottom left hand corner. I wonder, who- oh look, his name is oh yeah that yeah oh, wow that's my that's mine that's that's, oh, that's, that's that. actually that's that, look yeah there you go <laughs> scan the QR code and yes it does take you directly to a picture of me that is me <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's not no. Um, but no, I mean, you know, we've got we've got a mix of people who have already been published. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a and you know, brand new people who are just starting out, and mm-hmm. you know, it's. I think it's it's good. We get new perspectives, and we get people who have a good handle on the industry, and and you get feedback from both sides of that. I think it's it's pretty great. I mean, in terms of um, with you knowing what you know now. I mean, are there stu- is there stuff that you would have done kind of sooner and quicker? I mean, would you have pitched Dead Man's Cabal kind of quicker than you did? Or was there, was there anything you would have done differently to to kind of what you did at the time? No, I don't think so. I actually pitched it earlier than I I thought I was going to. Like, I wasn't sure if it was really ready to show yet. When I showed mm-hmm. it, I just had an opportunity and I was like, oh, you know, while I've got you, I'm going to show you this thing. It may need some more work, but I just want to show it to you now. And they're like, oh, I really like this. Let's let's take a look again in a few months. Uh, and then I worked on it some more and I showed it to them again and they signed it. So, mm. um, And that, I'd only been working on it for less than six months, I think, when I showed when I showed Panasaurus that one uh, yeah, but, the first time. But did you not say kind of, well, it pretty much kind of clicked? Yeah, that one came together. quickly. Yeah, you know, like a lot of my designs, there'll be some stumbling for the first month or so, and then mm-hmm. I hit on what works, and then it's just it's just tweaks from that point, uh, which is pretty cool. 
Um, doesn't always happen, but uh, the ones that that I tend to sign do tend to work that way, where I just like I I, I hit it and then it's just polishing it. Yeah. Um, are you still looking for like? Are you still looking at like the big, huge, epic board game? Or are you kind of c- quite comfortable in the space? I mean, are we expecting like a big, huge space opera, you know, 4X kind of game coming from you? Or you found your kind of your niche point and said, right, I'm quite happy kind of where I am with what I'm doing. No, kinda. I think, you know, I really like designing these these kind of one hour, you know, medium weight Euro games mm. with weird themes. Like that's that's what I'm enjoying working on. So I'm just going to kind of keep doing that. And it also works well with our playtest group. Um, yeah. If we can get things in an hour or less, we get more people to kind of, you know, churn through and, and everybody gets their time. So, um, so part of it probably is, you know, an artifact of, of the group we've got and the, the rhythms of that group. Mm-hmm. It's just hard mm-hmm. to commit to more than an hour at a playtest session. session. So, um, but I, you know, I've got, I've got another kind of hour long Euroe game that I'm working on. And then I also have a trick taking game. Oh, uh, right. okay. Which I'm pretty excited about. It's, it's got some pretty unique. It feels like a traditional trick-taking game with with a few kind of kind of big twists, but um, yeah. And I'm and I'm talking to somebody who may who may be interested in, in uh, publishing it or or kind of doing a co-publishing deal with me. But that's not the ink is not dry on that one, so I can't really talk much more about it. But is it's it, pretty exciting. Is it easier for you to get your foot in the door now? Now that you've got your foot in the door, I oh, mean, do you sure. find that do you find that people are kind of like more open for? kind of having discussions and talking about what kind of like your plans and stuff like that then then kind of like how it was before yeah i mean i think so i i saw a big shift after my um my very first game got published uh with button shy uh ahead yeah. in the clouds and once that was out i found it much easier to talk to other publishers um because i had something that i did and there was somebody who worked with me who knows i'm not a crazy person and like yeah it just lends credibility to you right and then uh I had participated in a couple of, of uh, the Cardboard Edison contest, gave me some mm-hmm. visibility. And then, uh, you know, I started judging for Cardboard Edison and I, I judged for a couple of button shy contests. And just the more I did, the kind of more visible I was. And I started pitching to folks. And once I pitched to them once, they're like, you know, this might not be right, but I'd like to see something else from you in the future. So, mm-hmm. you just start kind of building those relationships. So, by the time Dead Man's came out, like, I, I feel like I've got, you know, I, I know most of, the, most of the major players and in the United States that I'm interested in talking to already. Mm, um, and I can mm. just kind of say, Hey, I've got something I want to show you. And they're like, yeah, sure. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't feel as much like pitching as when I first started out. It's more like, Hey bud, I'm going to show you this thing. And they're like, okay. Yeah. 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 Which is a nice place to be. Does that mean to kind of like you get, are they quicker to kind of come back to you with an answer then? Because the relationship's already there. It depends. Because what I, yeah. It, I mean, some publishers are just super busy and they're like, you're quick to look at things, but then they've got a lot on their plate and they can't always get back to you right away. So you check in mm-hmm. like once a month and eventually they're like, yeah, I think we're going to pass or, you know, I'll give me a little more time. It just, it depends. But I don't think, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm getting ghosted as much as I was before I had anything out. Um, I would send before I, you know, before my first game was published, I would send things out and just never get a reply. And that was tough. But uh, at least people can put a face to my name now and, and uh, they're more likely to... You get a little more respect, I guess, right? Just from being around. I think if you've done it, if you're out there, if you're a recognizable yeah. name, I think, it can, yeah. I think it can already help. It's kind of like um, kind of step-up leverage 
Sure. And I use it, you know, I used, it's kind of like I used it at the beginning of the podcast when I was first getting guests on. Yeah. You know, that I was lucky enough that kind of like John Gilmore kind of came on the show. Yeah. So after you get John Gilmore, it was easy to kind of. Like, oh, you had John Gilmore on? Sure. I'll yeah, do your show. yeah. You know, no, Dead of Winter, John Gilmore, you know, Dinosaur yeah. Island, John Gilmore. I thought he hadn't done. He'd just done kind of Wasteland Express delivery service, and that was easy to kind of like leverage people up to get and kind of get them interested. And then, you know, you're at the point where you've had you use that to kind of like, and then people kind of are just asking to come on, and you're not having to kind of ask as much, which is kind of always always kind of interesting. Yeah, it's a good place I've, to be. That's cool. It's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. There's still people that I'd love to get on. Um, there's still, I think there's still, there's still upper parts of the hobby, which you're kind of, you have to speak to certain people at the same time. And my biggest thing is I need to get out there and actually be kind of meeting people as in, I'd yeah. love to go to Gen Con, you know, if anyone's listening and they're saying, oh, they'd like a stupid Scottish person to go over to Gen Con <laughs> and just, you know, talk nonsense. I am your guy. You know, I am I am here. I am ready to serve and demo in a kind of a slightly humorous. I'm going to ask people what they had to eat and if they like the Disney movies. I mean, this is how I'm going to be teaching people your games. So if you are interested in that, then please can I... But no, in all seriousness, I mean, there's a big... If you get a face-to-face with somebody, you can have all the email time and all the chat time and even yeah. the pod, you know, the podcast time, you know, if you... But the cool thing about the podcast thing is if you and I then met, you'd go like, ah, oh, it's him, right? And then you'd run away and you'd go, right. I'm not of course. speaking yeah, to him yeah. in person, get it, no chance. <laughs> but it kind of builds, you know, it kind of builds up. There's not that kind of awkward, well, you know, how are you? I'm fine. Right. How are you? I'm fine. No. There's kind of, there's already a little bit kind of thing. Well, that's where I kind of need, to, I guess, you kind of, you get to the point with if you're part of the board game community, you need to jump into the board game community because otherwise Absolutely. you'll be in the kind of the outskirts of the board game community. And because, you know, we have more listeners in the you the United States of America than we do anywhere else, which is a weird thing, which is kind of, kind of cool and also kind of strange. But there you go. You can't have that. I think it's just because there's more of you. I think because well, you can yeah. outnumber us. And, you know. and Americans <laughs> like consuming things. So, you know, we like our podcasts and we like our blogs and all that all stuff. That stuff. So, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but no, um, conventions, I think, in person, face-to-face was one of the things that helped me the most as well, right? Going to conventions yeah. and talking to publishers in person. And, and uh, no, that's huge. I think it's – you can you – can, I think you can probably be successful in the board game industry without going to conventions, but it, it's a lot harder. Uh, it's way more difficult without that, that in-person connection. Yeah, I th- especially if you're looking to. Um, I was just speaking to about this the other day about people kind of um, demoing games and doing the con circuit and how them finding yeah. it easier to get kind of you know having somebody sign up to an email to say they're interested in backing the game when it comes to Kickstarter is instantly always going to beat kind of like fifty additional followers on Twitter kind of yeah. any day because that's somebody that's definitely committed. It was James. It was um, James Naylor. Um, okay. Who said that? He's um, he's got magnet coming out. Yep. Um, very soon. So he's he's been treading the kind of the the con boards quite quite an awful an awful lot. Um, being in the position that you're in, um, is there any advice that you would give somebody who's sitting there with like a pad of paper and a pen, a set of scissors, and some playing cards, and they're about to try and put their first 
kind of effort together. I mean, is there any advice, anything that you would tell people to maybe do or consider if they are just about to kind of dive in there and and try and make their first game? I mean, I think the biggest thing is to not be afraid to just get it on the table. Like, you don't have to have everything perfect on your first test, right? It's okay to test just pieces of it until you get mm-hmm. it kind of working and then and then flesh it all out. Um, also, uh, don't just test with your friends and family because they will lie to you and tell you it's great. And you have to be okay with it not being great for a while mm-hmm. uh, before it will be good. Um, so, you know, look for groups of designers that play test regularly. Um because you'll get the best feedback from other designers, especially early on. Um, and yeah, just don't be afraid to to get it to the table. Quicker the better. Does it matter about the art and stuff like that? Because I know people no. who... No, do not know. spend any money on art. I use uh, the Noun Project mostly to get icons mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but no, you should not spend any money on art uh, unless you're publishing it yourself and only then at the very end. Because uh, you'd be less willing to change things, and it's expensive. And if you're publish, if you're not publishing it yourself, and you're pitching it, whoever you pitch it to is probably going to redo all the art anyway. Uh, so yeah, no, never keep it as simple as possible. The easier to change, the better, because you're going to change it a lot. You're going to iterate. Um, so don't do anything that you'd be unwilling to to throw away. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's kind of like the complete opposite to Kickstarter, isn't it? When you kind of well, like yeah, people expect almost like a final product, a final product no, I, that, that yeah. you know they could take away and print. Kickstarter has become a pre-order system, right? And like nobody's going to back it unless it's totally done. But that's self-publishing, right? If you're going to do it on Kickstarter, then yeah, you have to have everything ready. But again, yeah. you don't want to do the art when you're first starting to design it. You want to no. make sure everything's done in case anything changes. So no, this is good. No, just interested to kind of like. Because everybody has their own kind of take on sure. how it can work. But, you know, there's a difference between kind of like, you know, when you're, you've been in a, a reasonable amount of time, which you've been in, and you're getting some success as well. Mm. And it's a case of, I think, it's funny, it's like, I don't think people kind of get, I don't know if people just jump in and here's my first design and it's a com- kind of complete success. I think when it comes to board game design, I think you have to kind of do almost like the apprenticeship. I don't oh, know yeah. of many people that I speak to who have, you know, this is their first game and this is the first thing they ever, ever designed and look, it's become a really big kind of success and did really well and kind of gone out there. I think people are always like, kind of like, well, I did this and I did that and I mm-hmm. did the next thing and before I kind of reached it and there was always like a little bit of, um, a little bit of kind of like drudge work that they did before they finally kind of cracked it and, uh, and kind of did, you know, kind of really, yeah. really well. No, Dead yeah. Man's was like my sixth or seventh design. Like, mm. I went through a lot of stuff before that one really hit. Um, so, I'm just looking at my my stack of failed prototypes. I have like, you know, seven or eight games here that I, I feel like I fully designed that just are shelved. That's just, they're not, they're not going to see the light of day. But uh, it's fine. Like, you learn things from those early games. Not everything needs you- to be published, so... Would you go back to them again and kind of dig them out and, you know? There there have been a couple I've revisited and retooled, you know, uh-huh. with more with more experience. Um, but a lot of them I'm, I'm not I'm not really going to bother with. They're just not – I don't know. I, I have better ideas than I did when I started, right? Or mm-hmm. I was – or the, the games that I designed early were would have been fine games if they came out five or ten years ago. 
But yeah. at this point, you know, the tastes have moved on uh, and that they're not unique enough or, or whatever, replayable enough. I don't know. Um, so I just look at it as kind of like design exercises and I learn something from them and then I hmm. move on to better stuff. But there are a couple yeah. that I've like I pulled out every couple of years and I'm like, oh, I think there's really something here. So I don't know. We'll see. But most of them, no, most of them aren't going to see publication. But you hold you hold on to them anyway because yeah, it's a it's a box of kind of blood, sweat, and tears at the end of the day. You know, yeah, it's like, kind of. It's yeah. true. I mean, I might at some point break them down and reclaim their components, right? Because there's there's actually good bits in there. But yeah, uh, it's hard. It's hard to like to actually dump it, and it's hist- It's my design history, right? Like I can always kind of look back and be like, oh yeah, I remember working on that. Yeah, that led me to this and this. I entered a contest yeah. and I got you know sixth place and that was exciting. So I don't know. I'll probably hold on to him for a while. <laughs> you better <laughs> make sure that Cosmo doesn't get hold of them. Yeah, no, he knows. He knows. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> <laughs> that everything else you chow down on. <laughs> he doesn't seem that interested in, in cardboard boxes. My last dog, uh, Cooper, who who died in February, yeah, uh, I did yeah. have to keep away. He he would eat cardboard, so I had to keep really? all that stuff hidden. But Cosmo doesn't seem that interested. Wow. Yeah. It's like discovering, you know, your kids aren't interested in board games. It must be. You're kind of like, well, I kind of want you to be interested in this. I kind of want you to even give it maybe a mild gumming. Yeah. Just to show you kind of care. Right. But just to kind of like treat it with some kind of disdain or not not even go near it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah. I'm <laughs> entirely comfortable with that, you know. Eh, I'd you rather know? he not chew on my stuff. That's fine. I'm fine I with suppose it. that. Yeah, I'm fine I'm with trying, it. You know, this, that was the kind of possibly the worst analogy I've but, ever yeah. done. This episode so far. This um, episode. Yeah, well, this one, because <laughs> there's going to be a bad one. In the, there's a bad one in the previous one. There's a, you know, I'm sure that, you know, um, yeah, if there was a book about bad analogies, then um, this would, you know, I'd definitely potentially be cut for being the worst person at writing analogies. But there you go. Um, was that itself a bad analogy for... I see, do you know what I mean? It just, it's like people have skills. Yeah. And mine it's is a just talent a, for sure. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's never a thought when I was kind of speaking to my careers advisor when they said, "What do you want to be able to do?" Creating bad analogies was never something that I kind of expected to be able to do. So there you go. Well, it's a natural talent. You don't have to work at it. It just comes naturally to you. Thank you very very much. I feel kind of slightly insulted, but cool. also have a sense of pride. That's one of my talents. Actually, is to make people feel slightly insulted. <laughs> just doesn't matter what I'm saying. It all comes out that way. It's kind of like I got 20 minutes in and I was like, I really kind of was realized the kind of why I left her that long since I had you back on again. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, nah. Nah, well, I'll probably forget. I'll have like this kind of memory blank and then I'll like, I know message you. I know you said something you. kind of nice once. I think he did. I'll message him in like it was six a months' time and go, hey, Daniel, how's it going? Hey, you want to come on again? Hey, at Finally least I remember. I remembered this time that we were doing it, right? Unlike the first time we had on, I completely forgot. <laughs> were we yeah, gonna do it? A- yeah. yeah. Nah, nah, well, me. Wait, nah. Oh, you should have. You should have me on. It's like, yeah, it's on the books already. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like send you a message. You go, Daniel. Thanks for like. <laughs> I was looking for some validation in my life, and it's like kind of came up short. We've actually got a show booked in. I'm yeah. just like, mm. yeah, I don't do validation. It's, it's a, no, yeah. I don't think you did. No, 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 no. 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 that's fine. 
Um, if people have listened along to tonight and actually want to um, follow you and you're obviously first, I'm your rant, so sorry. <laughs> where can people find you on the internet webs? Uh, best place is Twitter at mm-hmm. D N L N W M N. That is my name without vowels. It is. That's it. That's the only place. Just find that me there. I'm there all the time. All the time. Yeah. You can obviously you can find um, Dead Man's Cabal in a Barnes and Noble near you on the bottom left hand shelf. Potentially. Potentially. Only sixty. It's, it's still a test a test run. But you can look it up on BarnesandNoble.com, BN.com, and uh, or you, or you can see if they have it in your in your local store. Uh, Pandasaurus sells it anywhere. Fine board games are sold. And also where Dead Man's Cabal sold as well. That's correct. Um, that is true. Um, excellent. I will. I'll Rolled just, West. You know what also, I'll we didn't talk about Rolled West at all. Rolled West is also in stores from TMG Games. So Roll and Write uh, based on yeah. Gold West, also from TMG. That's also in I, stores. I need to get into these Roll and Writes. I mean, I, people keep fine. talking about them. I'm kind of over them. I mean, except for mine, of course. Mine's fantastic. Well, well, you never mentioned. I mean, obviously, you're obviously over it because you never mentioned that you've got a <laughs> platform of a stage, and you decide you want to talk about Disney princesses and and, and what you know food what I you're going like to eat, what you're going to oh, yes. be having for breakfast, that was, and the non the non that was all my fault. That was all my that fault. Was, it pretty <laughs> it pretty pretty much was. You know, uh, where's Roll West? Is Roll West on TMG Games then? Probably, yeah. Play, play TMG.com and I think you can get it on Amazon and, and it should be in game All stores everywhere. Um, but it's, a, it's basically a small box 20 minute Euro game with, with dice and dry erase boards and it's good fun. If you like Gold West from TMG, hmm. you will likely yeah. like Rolled West. It's just a quick version of, Rolled, of Gold West. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually pretty proud of that one. That was kind of a, a fun design exercise. Um, that I think came out to be a pretty good game. Are they difficult to do to get to balance and stuff like that? Because I, no, I saw tricky. I, what is I saw kind of was it rolling, was it Roman right or was it rolling Rome? Roland right, da- something. I think like it that. was yeah, something like that. And 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 so, uh, th- was it Dan? Was it Dan Thuro who um, he he wrote a piece on it and he said it was just it kind of was kind of took the genre a bit too far into complicated mm. territory mm. and it was a bit kind of overwieldly. And I'm just wondering, the thing I've heard about Rolling Rights is anyone can play them and they're a great, they can be for some ways a great gateway into other kind of games. There's a range. People are, There's a range. You know. they, they tend to be fairly simple and straightforward, which is why I don't yeah. care for most of them. Um, Rolled West is a bit more like a, a, small, a, a mini Euro. Um, so, you know, fans of Euro games are going to like it more than, than fans mm. of most of the other kind of roll and write, write numbers on a piece of paper kind of games. Uh, there's so a little more going it, on. It's better than everything else, then. Is this what you're saying? Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Pretty Except much. for Dead Man's Cabal. Dead Man's Cabal. Obviously. No, but that, I mean, unless that was it's called, a, you know, they made that into a roll and write, and then that would be the best roll and write. Somebody said I should do a roll and write version, a dice game version, and call it Rolling Bones. Because it's, you know, rolling the bones is another word for dice. But anyway. I do. Did, no. Are you going to do that? No. I didn't I think mean, unless so. They, unless they tell me to. If they ask me to do it, maybe I'd do it. Ah, well, then, of course. If you're going to get paid for it, then that's... Super. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will 100% so sell out. 
Roll the yeah. West. I'll make sure I put, I put that in the show notes as well. All right. Thank you. And then I'll just say, well, but Daniel wasn't that fussed about talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kept me distracted talking about McDonald's and my dogs and, and mayonnaise. But, so. you know, you've got to talk about things that people are interested I in. I know. But, I mean, obviously you're interested in Rolled West as well. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know where we're going with this. I think we're wrapping up. I think I, we are kind of wrapping up. If you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, then go to the Googles and search for We Are Not Wizards and you shall find us. And if you want to check out what we write about, then go to our blog, which is wearenotwizards.blogspot.com, where over the next couple of um, next six weeks, we will be um, writing up um, our thoughts on Dead Man's Cabal oh, as well. So there you go. And um, yes... But you can also go to the podcast catchers if you want to listen what we say. If you're interested in the chat that we've had tonight, and it's kind of been all over the place, which is fine, because this is what you do sometimes. <laughs> it's been all over the place. It's been, but you can't just have cardboard all the time. No, no, no. Sometimes you've got you to have talk the about trees. you got to talk crumpets, about crumpets. trees, you know, YouTube stars, anything mm-hmm. like that. It's all good. Um you know, and, and go to Apple Podcasts and uh, check us out, give us a subscription or a rating or a review. And if you are going to be giving us a subscription, a rating or a review, don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big headed. But don't give us one star because it makes us cry. Um, give us something in the middle like five because it's average and we're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average tonight is the rather wonderful, rather fantastic Mr. Daniel Newman. I thought you forgot Thank my you name there much. for a second. Thanks, Richard. No, I'm not at all. <laughs> uh, it was good to be on. Thank you for having me on again. This was fun. No, it's always fun. It's always good to talk to you. Yep, yep. Um, there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Daniel? Uh, you have told me to say that you are not a wizard, yes. Yes, definitely. And then that is fine. Um, and the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's so a goodbye from Daniel. Say goodbye, Daniel. Goodbye, Daniel. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful, rolled west, getting your dead man's cabal, etc., etc., etc. But until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> He early. He arrives precisely when he means to.